the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This is kind of different from the usual episode of the Paracast, mostly because I'm getting up a lot earlier than I usually get up. As a matter of fact, normally I get up around the hour we're recording this, which is 6 o'clock hours on the time, or 6.30. And therefore, I had to spend the last hour and a half whipping myself into wake-up condition, exercising, getting ready, and all that. And of course, our guest this week comes from almost literally the other side of the world, Ben Hurl, and he's in Australia. So we had to kind of compromise to accommodate each other's time zones. It's not like he can beam over or we can beam to Australia, which is something I would be happy to do if I had the opportunity. (laughs) Yes, it's a lovely place over here, Jane, that's for sure. If there was a way, I would do it. But in as much as I just have to pretend I'm here. But normally when we get a show started, Randall changes keyboards so on his pc he has one of these old-fashioned very noisy keyboards and i have what they call the apple magic keyboard which is magic because it doesn't make much noise you hear that yeah that's it that's it that's all it does the sounds the sounds of silence (laughs) right i think they're going to tell us that paul simon recreated the magic keyboard Actually, mine isn't all that old-fashioned. It's it's called an Eagle Tech. Uh, I got it on Amazon, and yeah, it's a mechanical keyboard. It's got three different colors. It lights up. It can do uh, like it can do a whole light show for me if I want it to. It's uh, preferred by quite a few people because it does have that old-fashioned mechanical feel to it, and it's got the sound as well. And so, some people really like that. And since I started using it, I think I've become hooked on it. <laughs> they wrote a song about that too called hooked on a feeling but if you want to look at old-fashioned keyboards from the mac side of the fence the original apple extended keyboard 2 was considered one of the best out there you can still buy them used for something like 40 50 dollars on ebay but once you buy the keyboard and i'm looking at one right now it looks pretty clean It's got what they call the ADB cable, Apple desktop bus, which means you have to have a USB adapter. It's $59. That's okay. The shipping price is $15. Mm. And I'm thinking here, I don't know what shipping costs are in Australia. You can pack it in a box and send it by a technique, which is called United States Post Office Priority Mail. Mm. And... It should cost eh, maybe 10 bucks or so. Here's another one where they're going to ship it from Mexico for $22.50. Now, the key, of course, is that in order to use that keyboard on modern computers, you need what is called a USB adapter. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why we got into this. What kind of keyboard do you have on yours, Ben? Oh, I've just got a MacBook Air, so that's pretty straightforward. The keys are fairly nice and quiet. And my MacBook's probably about four years old, and it's all I use. Why we're talking about this, I have no idea. We are all (laughs) stuck in our homes because of the coronavirus, because of the fact that E.T. may be out there. But E.T. doesn't really give anything. We don't want to use the words on commercial radio. They don't care about humans. They don't care about a disease. 
that is infecting hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people around the world. We don't even know how many people have been infected because we can't test everybody. And for many people, the symptoms are just a cold, a flu, a fever for a couple of days, and that's it. Nothing special, normal thing. But they could have had the virus unless we test and we don't know. So that's where we stand. Of course, there's a lot of politics in the U.S. that I shan't get into because I think if I did, it would be far, far too frustrating. So let's (laughs) not deal with unknowables. Let's talk about UFOs instead. Now, some of our listeners will recognize Ben Hurl because he was featured on last weekend's edition of After the Paracast. As you know, After the Paracast is the premium podcast that's available to subscribers of the Paracast Plus. So if you do want to hear that first part, and this is not one of these things where it's a multi-chapter serialized novel or TV show, it's going to be another interview. But if you want to hear that one and you're not a member of the Paracast Plus, go to theparacast.plus for special, special rates. We cut them back by over 40% to make it easier for you to subscribe. In the meantime... Ben has been following the UFO mystery for many, many years. And you've actually chased cases back to, what is it, the 18th century, it says here? It's very hard to go back that far. Um, what we, what, we, we what about the time the- machine? What about the time machine? <laughs> My DeLorean, yeah. I'll get that out and, uh, and fire that up. Um, yeah, look, I love. I have a deep love for cold cases. It's one of my great, great passions. I did touch on it uh, last time we spoke. So yeah, so uh, we, we we do have a deep interest in in the old cases here. We can realistically probably go back to uh, the nineteen fifties and the nineteen sixties as being you know cases that you can do something with. Uh, to a certain extent, particularly if witnesses are still alive and, and uh, a lot of witnesses from the 50s and 60s are all falling off the perch. Uh, so, therefore, it's quite important to get out there and, uh, and do this sort of work. When you go back to, you know, beyond that period of time, you're really just dealing with what record has already been written to a certain extent and you might be able to visit a location, but you're not going to be able to talk to anybody. So, most of our work has been focused on... Uh, cases from the mid 1960s right through until you know the uh, what we call today, I suppose. So um, there's a a really rich history of UFO reports uh, from my state here, in which we touched on that last week too, where that exactly was. And uh, I've come up with about I reckon 12 cases that I think are tr- really good representation of the sorts of cases that have occurred here over the years and some of them you will have heard of and there's others here that you will, you just won't have heard of so uh and a lot of a lot of variety in in um in what's happened that's what i love about at investigating ufos it's um you never know what you're going to get now before we get into some of the really interesting cases and we did cover uh, kelly cahill on the after the powercast segment you run into cases like we've all done over the years that turn out not to be kosher. It's not mistaking a conventional object. It's somebody faking it, not really yeah. making it. That's another Paul Simon quote. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But seriously, you run across people who are just faking it? 
Yeah, sometimes you do. You, you do get that. Um, most of it, perhaps, perhaps intentional faking, you might get from uh, trolls and people like that who who would uh, contact you, send in a bogus case, um, maybe engineer a bogus photo, um, give you uncontactable witnesses. Uh, we have had that happen to us uh, a couple of times. And it doesn't take you that long to, to sort of to twig that that's actually the case because anyone who's had a genuine UFO encounter uh, who makes the trouble of contacting you is generally willing to talk to you about, uh, about the case. And um, when you get these people who send you these, these and often they're you know, fairly, uh, excuse me, they're fairly you know, good cases and you go, wow, this is something great. I really want to talk to this person, you know, and you, and you try to chase them down and you just find that they don't exist or they give you a phone number and you ring that number and it's a local nursery. So, you know, we've, we've had things like that happen uh, a couple of times. And it's very frustrating and annoying when, you know, we all do this in our spare time and we don't have, you know, lim- unlimited resources to throw at it. And uh, when people do try and, uh, you know, give you fake things and, and try to promote fake as, new, as, uh, as real, it really just wastes our time. We're not going to waste your time, ladies and gentlemen. We have these announcements. More to come with Ben Jean. Randall, you're in. The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Oh, so you're wearing a mask every day now? Where are you getting them? The same website where I get my neck and body wraps, sunnybay.com. And they're handmade. Really? Just like their wraps in the USA. Oh, and good quality? Oh, very good. These are disposable face masks. And good price? That's the best part. I get a 10-pack for only $6. Wow. Yes, as a public service, we're now sourcing disposable face masks with level one protection at sunnybay.com. Get a 10-pack of high-quality, more breathable face masks, only $6. Our face masks are hypoallergenic, latex-free, and made for stress-free all-day wearing. Or choose our N95 respirator masks, two-pack for only $6. Supplies are limited, so place your order at sunny-bay.com, a biomed DB design company right here in the USA. Go to sunny-bay.com and purchase your disposable face masks online. Ten masks for only $6. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. 
Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in Germany right now, it's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals, and they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Ben Hurl visiting us from his palatial estate in, is it a shack or a palatial estate, Ben? I'd, I'd call it a townhouse. Okay, I'll go with that. As with all people who get involved in UFO research, we get our share of fake news. And this is the real fake news, not what people claim to be fake news, which quite often is real news that they don't want to hear. And people come and they pretend or they want some glory or something and they pretend to have sightings. Now, I assume, of course, everybody in every country that investigates this runs into this problem. Are there any tales you can tell of something that really, really was wacky beyond the normal just fake oh yeah i remember we had this one case come in that was uh reported from just north of melbourne which which there's a bit of a wine growing area up there this report came in and it was a of a person driving along in a car and there was this sort of a boomerang shaped object that was down low and it was basically pacing the car and as they're driving along, this, this object is pacing the car on the, on the left-hand side, um, not far away from the car, very sort of, you know, almost a you know, dramatic-sounding scenario, set it in daytime at about 7.30 in the morning. And, you know, we thought, wow, that's such a – that sounds really good. That's a – we really want to talk to this person. And, you know, as I said, we, we tried to ring them up on the number that, that they gave us and uh, it was for a local uh, nursery, and uh, they'd, they'd never heard anything about it. So, 
it's that type of thing where you go, that's crazy. Or I've been sent photos, you know, and, and it's it's reflections and it's um stuff like that. And and you just you wonder whether, you know, some guy's just sitting down and he goes, Oh, that looks like a UFO. I'll just I'll just take a photo of that, send it off to these guys, see if I can waste their time for a while. So you know, we had numerous photographs come in that you just sort of look at it and you go, nah, it's just not right. The classic one is downlights, you know, that's the that's the classic one, you know, downlights reflected in a window. And uh, you get a high, someone sends a photo from the city somewhere and there's these little circular lights out there in the photo and you go downlight, 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 you know. So that's kind of, you know, 101 sort of um, wasting your time. But, you know, the more complex stuff is, you know, when they do sort of try to spin a backstory to it, um, you know, you know, send you some sort of tantalising, you know, piece of evidence in inverted commas, and uh, you know, and then then they sit back and watch the fun from there, I suppose. But um, you know, the more you investigate, the more the more time you spend doing it, you really do start to get a nose for those things that are that are really are just going to waste your time. What are these people looking for? Just some glory, or to play oh, some kind of thing. other game, more elaborate? What? Yeah, look, I think it's probably a bit of all of that really you know uh you know we've had outright trolls you know who 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 you know trolls who just like to get on there and, and they do this stuff for sport basically you know so that's one aspect of it then you get the other people who who perhaps i don't know maybe there's a little bit of little bit of delusion there as well you know maybe they're they're talking it up more you know like a bit of exaggeration you know, trying to exaggerate what happened, that type of thing. Um, you know, as, as far as motives go, you know, they, they definitely do vary a bit. Um, I think, you know, for some of them it's like, you know, wishing it to be true. And that's a, um, you know, that's, uh, that's again, that wastes our time. Um, so, you know, not too many people can really approach this from the point of view of fame, I don't think. I mean, you know, it's, very, it's a very rocky road, UFO fame. And, uh, you know, we, Randall sort of mentioned to me about the Mundrabilla case over in Western Australia, the Knowles family case, and that's a classic example of where, um, you know, fame can really, uh, really, really go against you uh, when it comes to UFO um, trying, to, trying to become famous out of it. Well, tell us a little bit about that, because it is one when I was looking up cases from down under that uh, popped up first. Well, it was in January 1988, and uh, the Knowles family uh, was a mother and, and the three sons, and they were travelling from Perth to Melbourne, and they were travelling across the Nullarbor Plain. Now, the Nullarbor Plain, uh, for those of us, for those keen geography people out there, is a vast expanse of desert that crosses between Western Australia and South Australia, and uh, it's a long, straight, very, very boring uh, road. and so they were travelling across there at night, and allegedly this object started pacing their car as they were driving along, and they got really, really scared, and um, the son who was driving put the foot down, driving a, a Ford Telstar, which is really <laughs> just a little, small little car. It's, there's nothing, nothing uh, fantastic about a little car like that, little sort of boxy car from the 80s, and um, he got it up to 200 kilometres an hour. And uh, I think that was an achievement in itself, um, <laughs> you know, getting a little four-cylinder car, <laughs> 1980s box car, up to up to 200 kilometres. That's almost unbelievable, really. Yeah. So, but anyway, this is what happened, and this uh, object came down, 
and it attached itself to the car. And um, Mrs. Knowles reached out. She put her hand up and she felt this spongy thing on, on top of the car, apparently. And the car, they, they described the car as being lifted off the ground by the object and taken along for a period of time, then dropped back down onto the road and the object disappeared and the family was very distraught, as you would be, um, having had that experience. But the fallout from the uh, encounter was was really bad for the family because, you know, the media sort of <laughs> take a, a very, um, a very um, what's the word, I suppose, they don't treat UFOs seriously over here in the media and it's, it is a slow news, slow news day story. So uh, they got these people and, and the Knowles family were just working class people. They weren't, um, you know, they weren't great scholars or anything like that at all and they, they got them onto one of the local current affair shows uh, here in Australia and they, they, they sort of pretty much made them look like idiots. Uh, and, you know, I felt sorry for them. You can watch those clips on YouTube. They, they're still there to watch today, the, those clips of the family being interviewed. And they don't, they don't represent themselves that well. You know, the, you know, the credibility is kind of, you know, questioned through that, I suppose. Um, it was just a, a really a, a case where a case of where people, you know, who report something that happens and, and if it happened as reported, that's a, that's a major, a major event. Um, and they just don't get supported at that time. You know, the, the, the media just put them out there for, for public ridicule, basically. And, um, you know, then they move on to the next thing. So it was a very, um, a very, uh, sad case in many ways, in my opinion, that, um, that they got treated like that, and as a result of that of that experience, they they don't talk to anybody about it now. The mother's since passed away. Um, the boys are scattered around Western Australia. We tried to contact them, and um, you know, and we we didn't have any any luck through through trying to reach out to them. So overall, you know, uh, perhaps you know something that might there might have been something in it, um, but. Now, looking back on it from uh, from from twenty twenty, we uh, we can't get them to talk about it. Okay, that sounds like a very sensational case, though. And and UFOs chasing cars is is not unheard of. Uh, no, here's a deal: well, someone's going to chase us if we don't break. Ben Jean Randall, <laughs> you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. House flies defecate every four to five minutes, spreading diseases and germs. Protect your food and your health with Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic, no batteries required, only $39.95. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at bugassault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your bug assault today.
Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump says some states are going ahead with plans to at least partly reopen things during the coronavirus pandemic. Montana will begin lifting restrictions on Friday. Ohio, North Dakota, and Idaho have advised non-essential businesses to prepare for a phased opening starting May 1st. Health experts say moving too quickly could cost lives. They're asking for a lot more testing to be done around the country so they can get a better idea where the disease hotspots are or will be. Florida is among the states trying to get back to business. Governor Ron DeSantis is looking at the closed schools. We spoke with uh, a lot of folks throughout the state. Uh, there was uh, you know, some differing opinions. Some parents were not, not interested in their kids going back. Some others, it's been tough around the house. They would have liked to have seen them go back. This is USA Radio News. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-377-1456. 800-377-1456. That's 800-377-1456. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. You could almost feel Randall groaning on my last segue. Go ahead, please. <laughs> yeah. 
down in Australia, there is what other people around the world kind of refer to as kind of Australia's Area 51, and it's called Pine Gap. And apparently, there's been some information come out of them about UFOs down there. Yeah. I'm not really sure exactly whether or not it it came out of Pine Gap itself, but the UK Ministry of Defense, they released some 8,500 pages on it, and it in, apparently it includes some of the cases that come out of Pine Gap, and it's kind of a mysterious place. Can you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, well, having been to America recently and been to, actually been to the front gates of Area 51, um, I sort of, you know, it... it wait, 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 wait. You were at the front gates of Area 51, and yeah, did they the- come over to you and say, Ben, get out, because they know who you are, because they know everything? Yeah, no, they didn't do that. We got up to the right up to the front to the front gate, and there's 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 two entries. One where there's a guard box and the and the boom gates, and then there's another entry where there's really just a almost like a cattle grid, and you could just about drive up there. So we went there first, and the camo guy was up on the hill sitting there in his uh, in his tr- in his Chevy truck. We got out of the car, you know, Aussie tourists, and we stood down there right on the very uh, the very edge of it, and uh, we took our selfies. No one came down. They they left us. They left us alone. That was that was in um, that was a few weeks prior to the you know the big <laughs> the big storm area fifty one event. So that was my area fifty one experience. Uh, did and, you drop by the little diner there too, the little alley inn? And yeah, we did. Yeah, we went to the little alley inn. Put a ten dollar note on the ceiling there <laughs> that says uh, Victorian UFO action was here. You know, so oh, that's, so that we, sounds like fun. Yeah, so we did do all that, and that was really good. So. Pine Gap is it's out in the desert in the same way, uh, in the same way as Area 51 is. It's in the centre of Australia, basically. We're very close to Alice Springs, if anyone's heard of Alice Springs, but that's the uh, town in Central Northern Territory, and it's near the McDonald Ranges, which is a, a big uh, sort of mountain range through there. It is fairly isolated. It's not a place, that, like Area 51, it's not a place that you can just go out there and sit out there, but just the environment alone will just about kill you. <laughs> so, you know, it's a very inhospitable sort of an area. And beyond that, the stories that come out of there, you know, it's, it's, it's also very hard to substantiate. You know, stories of UFOs coming out of the ground out there and, you know, and people seeing things flying around. But... Um, it's, it really is almost more kind of like an urban legend type of a thing with Pine Gap. Like, I've never met anyone who's been a direct witness of, of UFO events there. It's a long way from where I am, too. I'll say that as well. So Australia is, is nearly as big as the United States geographically, and so it's like um, me being in Florida and, and uh, Pine Gap being in Nebraska, you know. So I'm not close to that area, so I don't get a lot of, a lot of opportunity to to talk to people who've had any experiences up that part of the world. Yeah, look, there's stories of there being, you know, you know, deep underground complexes there, the stories of submarine routes from the top of Australia all the way down to Pine Gap. What level of, the, of that is true? You know, it's something that, that you can really only sort of speculate on, and I don't think they're about to give me a tour anytime soon. Yeah, I think they made a, a TV series down there, dramatised. Uh, yeah, they did. Yes. Yeah, 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 they yeah. did. Yeah, I've seen a few yeah. episodes. 
Yeah, look, it's basically the listening post for the world, really. So, you know, it is a you know, top secret. Uh, well, not secret. Nothing's really secret, I suppose. But Yeah, just like um, Secret Area 51. Everybody knows it's there. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but nobody knows really much about it. It's not run by the Australians, or is it? Well, I guess it's sort of a joint United States-Australian uh, facility. Yes, yeah, if, it is, is my understanding. Yeah. It is a joint facility there, um, you know, obviously by agreement between the United States and Australia. Obviously, I think there's a, a fairly heavy American presence there um, in terms of uh, personnel. I think that, that there is quite a large amount of American personnel there. There's the Australian uh, support crew <laughs> as well who are there. Yeah, really, I mean, you know, what goes on behind those gates is anybody's guess. Yeah, well, we do know that it, it's a, uh, basically it's a satellite surveillance space. Yes. So it's down there because when they have satellites that aren't immediately accessible from the other parts of the globe, they can pick them up there. So there's all kinds of radomes and and basically they spy on pretty much that part of the world from there is my understanding. So they do. They do. So so if you know if something's going on in the world down there, you know, who knows what those spy satellites are capable of now. And we've had people on the show who have worked for the Defense Department in the past who say they have seen pictures of UFOs from military satellites that they had to make, you know, airbrush out or make sure we didn't get out kind of mm. thing. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, speaking of speculating, if yeah. if there are similar things going on down there. Uh, look, I think I think that, that would have to be, um, I, I would support that statement for sure. Yeah, I think it has to be. I mean, it's a it's a very remote location, you know, very, very, um, very safe in, in where it actually is because, you know, it, it's just not a place that, that, that they want you yeah. going out to, you know. So whatever they do behind those gates and, and in those subterranean uh, layers and levels down there, they've got free license to do it, really. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's basically it almost looks like a smack dab in the in the middle of the entire country there. So, I mean, it, oh, if yes tried to get to it they'd have to fly over like a long distance to get there i mean it would be really hard for anybody to uh invade it you know you couldn't just say drive a boat up to the <laughs> to the beach and, and get to it at all yeah it's quite no, remote looking. very 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 remote location you you're just not going to get out there without them knowing that you're coming that's for sure you know like it's secure you know basically it's, it's an extremely secure facility you've got no no chance at all even if you went out there and sat out there with your camper and your tents and, you know, I mean, you know, it's just a hot, hot, hot desert out there. And then you've got something that is sort of, I guess at one time, it was sort of like uh, the little alien version uh, of a place there called Wycliffe Well, where they tried to turn it into a UFO hotspot or kind of like maybe like, you know, Canada's UFO landing pad, or tell us a yeah. bit about what happened there. Yeah, look, um, yeah, look, Wycliffe Well is kind of like a little, little sort of place uh, in the middle of nowhere, really, on, on between, uh, you know, between Alice Springs and Darwin. I'm sure that they do have their UFO stories from from that area. There'd be there'd be no doubt that they that they do. So you know, you can go there and 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 anywhere out in the Northern Territory, really. If you go out there and, and study the night sky, I reckon you're going to see some pretty strange stuff if you do it consistently enough. And uh, Wycliffe Well has has basically, you know, every little region has to have it has to have its little cause for fame. 
to bring people into the into those areas and um i think they've made ufos that's the reason for going there so i don't know anyone who's actually has a ufo story from whitecliffe well if you do happen to go up there and travel there and go stay at the caravan park with the guys got all the little green effigies there of the little, <laughs> little aliens and uh uh-huh. you know a few a few um a few touristy style um <laughs> you know perhaps uh, like the little alien uh style of setup there and, and you ask him some questions i'm sure he's got some good local knowledge for you um whether you can go there on any given day and see a ufo well that's another matter i, I imagine but um you know it's a bit like the min min lights you know the min min lights is um is pretty much synonymous to uh southwestern queensland uh, another phenomenon and uh you know you've you've really got just got to be in the right place at the right time and uh you know and over time obviously there's been a, a string of consistent perhaps you know people at locals in that area have seen that seen enough things words got out there um they said okay well we can we can make something out of this um and good luck to them obviously i support them uh in that uh let's get out there and see if we can um you know turn something in for our little our little area here that uh, as tourists are going around with their caravans and rvs and things that uh they're going to want to try and stop here and perhaps um see a ufo we're going to see this and come up with more with gene ben randall you're in the paracast Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
This is a Corona Crisis Self-Reliance Alert. If you're worried about the power grid in the current crisis and want to generate your own supply of off-the-grid electrical power just in case, pay close attention. Here's why. A limited supply of solar backup generators will be available again in the next two weeks. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical backup power when you get off the grid. And unlike gas generators, these solar generators run quietly, emit no fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Dangerous weather, social unrest, or overloaded grids this summer will not be a problem if you go to MySolarBackup.com and get your solar backup generator. We regret that supplies are limited and only available on a first-come, first-served basis. Check availability at MySolarBackup.com. Never suffer painful power outages again. Go to MySolarBackup.com. That's MySolarBackup.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 503 800-503-8625. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what. You're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? So this week is our second encounter. I don't know if it's a close encounter because he's on the other side of the world. But we, <laughs> he's, is it? Right. Maybe he's closer than we think, and he's just faking it. He's not over there. He's here somewhere talking to us from Area 51, Ben Hurl. And he's That's with right. the Victorian UFO Action. Victorian UFO Action. <laughs> yes, I see this picture here where you have this... Look on your face. We come in peace. And when I see that, I say, really? If you come in peace, why do we have a coronavirus? You got to tell oh, ET right. that. But you know what's interesting? Just to point out something, how much misinformation we have around it. So it's called COVID-19. They say, well, it's because it's the 19th one. No, it's because it was discovered in 2019. So, you know, it's kind of like that. Yeah, I thought, I thought we are going to get a, a new and improved version of it too, aren't we, at some point? Well, that's what they say. I mean, you guys, though, down there, I mean, being as close as you are to where it originated out of Wuhan would be, I imagine you would have been more concerned about it, but you seem to be doing relatively well compared to some other places in the world. Yeah, yeah, I think Australia really did a good job in, in getting onto it. Uh, I think the Australian government has, has overall done a pretty good job, for both both federally and at state level. They really sort of got out there. They, they made the decisions. They, they, they clamped us down. They did it at the right time, and the restrictions are still on for another four weeks at least. And I think we, we really did get onto it. Like, we'd seen what had happened in Italy. We'd seen what had happened in, in Wuhan or what China would let us see what happened in Wuhan, I suppose, to a certain extent. And 
we uh, we got onto the front foot with it. Well, what's been going on down there with China? I mean, that must kind of worry you guys to some degree all by itself because they've been expanding down along that chain of islands in the South China Sea yes. there. They, they've really grown their military. And yes. like you say, they're not very transparent. They can't. No. It doesn't seem that they can be trusted. Uh, I was watching an Australian 60 Minutes documentary on the cover up there. And I mean, you guys have done a really good job down there of showing how that they really weren't forthcoming with what was going on. And this idea that it did come from a lab is not as far fetched as people were saying it was at first. Mm. They were kind of poo-pooing the whole thing at first until some of this information started to come out. It's looking like, well, it probably was from a lab. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I don't like to say it, but I think you know, on some levels, you know, China has to pay you know, for either the mismanagement of it, you know, from the from the very beginning and the uh, the cover up for it. I mean. The world has to change, I think. You know, we, we can't allow things like this to happen. You know, I mean, if it was from a wet market in, in, uh, in Wuhan and, and uh, kicked off this whole pandemic around, the, shut the world down effectively, I mean, you know, none of us have experienced this in, uh, in any of our lifetimes at all. So it really is uncharted waters. Well, it shouldn't be, though, because uh, mm. if people have been warning us that this was going to happen for decades. It was just a yeah. matter of time. And yeah. everybody seemed to have forgotten about the danger. We, you know, we started focusing on global warming and the whole idea of fossil fuels and pollution. And this one just all of and or even nuclear war for that matter. And all of those things are real. But this one just all of a sudden came along and hit us right in the side of the head like we weren't prepared for it, even though we should have known. Absolutely. If you had to said self-isolation to me in uh, January of this year, I would have looked at you like, what? <laughs> and now, uh, now self-isolation is a, is, a, is a term and that, we're, uh, that we're all, you know, deeply locked in. One thing that we should do. Uh, just briefly, because you were on our After the Paracaster special episode where you did get to tell our listeners there a bit about UFO action there, Victorian UFO yep. action. For our listeners who are listening on the air and uh, are readily accessible show, tell us a bit about Victoria UFO action again and just how it got started and where your main focus is. Yeah, sure thing. Not a problem at all. And then perhaps we should talk about some cases, too, because... Um I Absolutely, really good stuff for you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, since the 1950s through to about the mid 2000s, there was the Victorian UFO Research Society, and they had been around for, for obviously for many many years, and it had been a, a very strong investigative UFO group. They had also done a lot of regular public meetings for people to come along to in the, in the, in the city in Melbourne. And they've done they've done a really good job of of UFO research in those early years, but they made a bit of a mistake that they didn't have any succession planning. And by the time they got to the mid two thousands, uh, a lot of the people in the group were really really old, and there was no fresh young blood to take it over. So by about you know two thousand and three two thousand and four, the group just basically ran out of steam, and there was no one left, and the whole thing imploded. That left us in the situation of a few years where there was no real official UFO group, uh, civilian UFO group in our state, and you couldn't report a UFO really in Victoria here. So my friend and, and colleague, uh, Andrew Arnold, who lives down in Melbourne, he had seen the state of affairs and he wanted to get a group going 
and he's just started off in his in his in his you know in his bedroom just reporting UFOs locally on a little YouTube channel that he set up that uh, nobody watched. So he started doing that, and I got involved because, as as I said last week, uh, I don't live in Melbourne. I live about three hours out of Melbourne in the country, and I decided I wanted to get involved. So I drove down to Melbourne to attend a meeting that was a UFO meeting there, run by a gentleman called George Simpson. And his meetings were just a, a small gathering of, of old U-Force people who were coming along and just, you know, staying in touch with UFOs. And I went to that meeting and I met Andrew there. And Andrew said to me, oh, wow, you're interested in UFOs? I said, yep, sure am. He said, well, you know, I'm trying to get a group going. You know, perhaps you might like, we might like to work together. And so we did. And we started off in about 2010. And we made a little website up. We started a little YouTube channel. We started doing some some videos of going out and talking to witnesses, going to locations. For us, it was really important to get out there, you know, boots on the ground and go to the places where UFOs had been seen and talk to the people. And that was really uh, what we wanted to do. And him and I did that for all our early videos are on our, are on our channel there, Viewfower TV. And we started doing that. And we, at the same time, we had a, you know, a, a, a reporting aspect to our website where people could log in and, and put their reports in. And we just started getting trickling reports and we started doing investigations, 98% of them being lights in the sky, with which an investigator can do very little, really. But that's what we were getting. And more people came along. We had a couple of public meetings. As all groups do, it becomes a bit of a revolving door. People come in. They go through, they see that you're not quite what they want, and they move on, and that's okay. We had a bit of that. We started running a, uh, a conference. We had a conference in 2015, and we had Chase Koletsky come out from the United States as our keynote speaker, and we had Bill Chalker and Cheryl Gottschall, Paul Dean from Australia, and we had that in the city in Melbourne, and we got about 120 people come along, <laughs> which doesn't sound like a lot of people compared to some of the events you have in America where you might get, you know, you know, several hundred people or 500 people turn up, even more. So, but that was our start and we, uh, we were happy with that. We then did a few other events as well. We, had a, we hosted a few people from America. We hosted James Fox. We hosted uh, Richard Doland. We had a, a, a day for the Westall Witnesses from 1966, which is a case I'll talk about a bit later. And the public could come along and, uh, and, and hear from the Westall Witnesses directly. All these were filmed. All these things are on our YouTube channel. So we really were about investigation and education. That's what we wanted to do and support. We wanted to be able to say, look, if you've seen a UFO, that's, that's fine. Um, talk to people who, who have an open mind and um, if we can help you in some way, we will. Um, we'll support you and it will support you as we can with what we have and that's how we got going and what we've been up to over the last, you know, the last uh, – nine or ten years or so that's really excellent uh just before uh we started the show today actually speaking of sightings too you said that you had uh some sort of a sighting or something to report uh just <laughs> earlier uh in the week yeah or this is yeah this is amazing this is this is incredible like on wednesday night uh which is the, you know the 15th here um um, I'm on my uh, Viber talking to my girlfriend. My girlfriend lives in Melbourne and I live in Bansdale. And my sister rings me. <laughs> and, I, and my sister's popping up on my phone as, as an incoming phone call. And um, I'm saying to my girlfriend, say, oh, I'll bring her back later. I'll bring her back later. Just let it go to message bank. 
And then, okay, so it goes to message bank. And then my sister rings me again. Okay, so it comes through again. I said, oh, I'll just, I'll ring it back later. Goes to message bank again. She rings me a third time. So I say to my girlfriend, look, I better ring her. You know, she's rung me three times. You know, maybe there's something wrong. I'll, I'll call you back in a tick. So I ring my sister. <laughs> she answers the phone and she says, Ben, oh, my God. We've either got UFOs or ghosts above our house. With Gene, Randall, Ben, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, the Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at shopsupertea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's shopsupertea.com, 818-984-6100, shopsupertea.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So in our previous segment, our special guest, Ben Hurl, mentioned first his girlfriend and then his sister. Yes, so my sister... um so anyway, so she says to me, you know, we've got either UFOs or ghosts over, over our house right now. And my sister's a complete non-believer. Like, she thinks we're all wasting our time. She says, it doesn't, this, this is not true. It doesn't happen. Just move on. Just do something worthwhile. So I said to her. <laughs> okay. So this is, this is perfect then. I'm loving yeah. this. Okay. Yeah. So she's, she's the perfect UFO witness in my opinion, you know, because um, she's a complete non-believer. And, and they're my favorite witnesses. Non-believers are always my favorite witnesses. So I said, well, what's going on? And she says, there's these, there's these things in the sky. They're darting back and forth. And you know, her husband, Matt, like we're both sitting out in the back veranda. We've been, we're watching this. And I said, well, 
oh, gee, I said, oh, I live about 10 minutes away. I said, well, I might jump in the car and come over. And she goes, yeah, 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 come over, come over, come over now. So I jump in the car and I got there in six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, go, I pull down her driveway, right? And I'm talking to her on the phone as, as I'm driving down, hands-free, of course, pulling down the driveway. And she says, turn your headlights off and come around the back. And so I come around the back and sure enough, off their back veranda, out over the, the field behind them, there are these what I would call as sort of like cloud-like objects. If you think of a moonlit night and you see clouds on a moonlit night, they're silvery. So the, they're about that colour and about that, that resolution. Not bright objects, right? So not, not lit up like a Christmas tree. They were darting across the sky, left and right, up and down. One would shoot across the sky. It would divide into three more. And then they would shoot back across the sky, and it was like they were dancing or just manoeuvring around out there. They weren't small either. They were, you know, they were they were big objects. They would have been, you know, truck size if you wanted some sort of a comparison for what sort of size it was. Her husband had started watching it from seven thirty. I got out there at about eight, and for the next hour, <laughs> we sat there and we watched display in the sky just these objects moving to the left, to the right, and incredibly fast, they would go from point A to point B in like a split second. They'd hover there, they would glow, they would glow as they sat there, and then they would shoot off back, back to where they were. They'd, they'd swoop up, they'd swoop down, uh, divide off. There could be as few as two or three there in the sky and as many as eight or ten, so around that sort of number. And we're going, what is this? Like going through all the logicals like you know dudes with torches flashing on the clouds you know birds attacking birds or bats eating bugs in the sky we went through all of that and none of those explanations fitted it at all it was really really bizarre so for the time duration that's what really got me like you know a lot of ufo reports oh we saw it for a minute or we saw it for a couple of minutes and off it went and that was that but this we sat out there and you you, you could have had a cup of coffee and a, and and you know eating a eating a cake you know no problem at all for this show that was going on that sounds the, really amazing now but the first question that comes to my mind somebody's gotta have a pair of binoculars and a camera well yes we had our phones with us and our phones wouldn't capture it that was the we we're trying to capture it with our phones the, the main problem was that the illumination was not really there as in terms of like they weren't bright so they were as bright as clouds, basically as bright as clouds on a moonlit night. And trying to capture, I, I took video of it, I took photos, just nothing was coming up in the photos. And, and my brother-in-law was doing the same thing. Right, so yeah. To, so there yeah. wouldn't, yeah, I, you know, there wouldn't be enough dynamic range. I could actually believe that. But then again, when they were glowing, you should have been able to capture something because you said at well, one point. Yes, but when they glow, that's a split second glow. Uh, okay. So they, yeah. don't, they don't sort of like glow and then they sit there glowing, giving you time to turn your camera on, get your, you know, point it up there into the sky, take the picture. You can only just like point and shoot, point and shoot, point and shoot sort of stuff. Right. Were you able to, to get uh, any magnification on it with binoculars? Did someone have a, a set of binoculars? We didn't have binoculars. And, uh. I was gonna walk, and Yeah, and I was going to walk out. And it wasn't far away. Like these, these were oh. not far away. You know, they're within 200 metres of the house, you know. Oh. And, and, I, and I was going to walk out there into the paddock and have a look. And uh, Matt says to me, he says, oh, he says, don't go out there. It's like the grass is waist high and, you know, you, you know you're going to trip over. So, so in the end, I didn't go out there. We just sat back and watched the show. 
and we went through all the logical explanations, as I said before. But what really got me about the whole thing was how it terminated, how, how, how the whole encounter finished. And what was so interesting about that was all of a sudden, you know, they're darting back and forth, and all of a sudden there's like there's 10 of them there, they, and they go into a formation. So they're into, they go into this formation, then they shrink in size, they illuminated, all of them illuminated at once, and then they blinked out at once. And at that point you knew the show was over. You know, like, because mm. we're sitting there going, how long is this going to last for? Like, is this going to go on for, you know, another hour? But from 7.30 till, till 9, they were in the sky and they, and they were, oh, I almost had the impression that they were doing some sort of a power-up or something. That was kind of the impression that I had. Like, they're darting around in a very specific area of the sky. They're glowing as they, as they come to a stop. There's a mini little glow. Then they'd shoot off again, divide into, you know, two or three others, shoot back playfully kind of move around each other and it was just I'm, it was just so bizarre what uh, about other people there then i mean you guys couldn't have been the only ones unless this is like a you know situated where there's no neighbors this is the situation my, my sister lives on a farm oh okay mm. the reason why i don't think a lot of other people may have seen it is the fact that the, the illumination that wasn't there so if you had been driving along on the highway over the river, you know, you wouldn't have, there's no one known you would have seen it. Like it was a very localised type of a thing. Interesting. And yeah, so that was, that was my experience on Wednesday night. Like it was really, really bizarre. And the best part about it was is my non-believing sister is now a believer. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. So what did she have to say after that was all over? That was so good. Oh, man. You know, that was amazing. Oh, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Oh, you know, I've been, oh, you know. This is fantastic. And it wasn't like a frightening thing or anything like that. It was just pure curiosity. Like the three of us are sitting there watching this and I'm just like, I've seen a lot of strange stuff, you know, myself, Mm -hmm. but this is the longest and the most, I don't know what you'd call it. And that was silent. There was no noise, absolutely no noise, not not a thing. I stood by the fence. There wasn't, there wasn't any wind. There's, there's low cloud and they're just floating. They're just moving around without any, any noise at all, and, and incredibly fast. <laughs> I thought to myself, that's the perfect segue for talking to you guys tonight. That is absolutely amazing. <laughs> you, you've, of course, you've got to get this written down and documented too. I don't know, you, you know. I've started you, doing that. Yes, I have. Yeah. And you know what my other, my other theory was? And I had this thought. My thought was that with all the planes out of the sky at the moment, that we're going to see an increase in UFO activity. You know, that was my little, you know, note to self. You know, I thought, yes, that's going to happen. And then I thought to myself, well, and I bloody see it myself. <laughs> so, you know, so that was really, really good. But I'd, I'd said to myself at the start of the pandemic, I said, I bet we see some sort of activity like is going to start occurring. That was kind of like a gut feeling that I had um, within myself. And I think that, yeah, we'll see maybe around the world, we might see that there's, um, you know, increases in, 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 in UFO reports at this time, potentially. I would have loved if you had walked out in the field and then all of a sudden, as your sister's watching, the beam of light comes down and there goes Ben up into the UFO. <laughs> oh, look, I, I, look it's, it's not like me to stop, to let a fence stop me. I can tell you, like, it really isn't like me to do that. Um, but I kind of had this feeling, like, because we were shining. Um, Matt had Matt had a, a like an LED, like an LED torch, and he's shining the torch up 
into that into that direction and they were kind of above this big red gum tree and he's shining the light up there and flashing the light around and didn't seem to give a seem to give two hoots that we were that we were there or watching or you know there was no there was no kind of interaction with with us at all it was really just they were there they were doing what they were doing you know i'd almost say they were having a good time zipping around in the sky and then they all come together in a in a group at once simultaneously they dim they flash they disappear and it was like the most coordinated broad broadway show you ever saw we'll continue the show in our next segment with ben gene randall you're in the paracast Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Oh, so you're wearing a mask every day now? Where are you getting them? The same website where I get my neck and body wraps, sunnybay.com. And they're handmade. Really? Just like their wraps in the USA. Oh, and good quality? Oh, very good. These are disposable face masks. And good price? That's the best part. I get a 10-pack for only $6. Wow. Yes, as a public service, we're now sourcing disposable face masks with level one protection at sunnybay.com. Get a 10-pack of high-quality, more breathable face masks, only $6. Our face masks are hypoallergenic, latex-free, and made for stress-free all-day wearing. Or choose our N95 respirator masks, two-pack for only $6. Supplies are limited, so place your order at sunny-bay.com, a biomed DB design company right here in the USA. Go to sunny-bay.com and purchase your disposable face masks online. Ten masks for only $6. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 29th to June 1st for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient civilizations, crop circles, and so much more. Over 150 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Paul Hellyer, Linda Moulton Howe, Nick Pope, Emery Smith, Stephen Greer, Russell Targ, Doc Wallach, Leslie Kane, and more. Get your tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens, and we're proud to promote amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Visit GCNLife.com for products like Luminess. The Luminess Anti-Aging Skincare line restores youthful vitality and radiance to your skin, reducing the appearances of fine lines and wrinkles with stem cell technology. There's also Instantly Ageless, which works within two minutes, reducing under-eye bags, fine lines, wrinkles, and pores. 
Jeunesse has products to help you with how you look and feel in a very short time. Noble-nominated Dr. Vincent Jampapa has designed several products helping the body perform better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and they're available up to a 25% preferred price discount. See all of the amazing Jeunesse products at GCNLife.com or call toll-free 1-844-443-6637. 1-844-443-6637. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you, too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Ben, you mentioned in the Broadway show. Have you ever, yeah. you've been to America, have you ever actually seen a Broadway show? Unfortunately, no. I've been to New York City uh, once a long time ago, like back in 1998. And I know Broadway was active then too, but no, I didn't get to go to I got to go to a Yankees game. <laughs> well, you know, that <laughs> beats me. I've never been to a Yankees game. I went to Brooklyn Dodgers games in the 50s when I was very, 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 very young. Did I say very young? I don't think I ever attended a football game. I'm not a big sports fan. No, I'm right? not either, really. Yeah. The, the night I went there was the, was the night, the last night of the very – final Seinfeld episode. I'd like to get back to this UFO sighting of yours. Like, uh, were you taking notes at the time that this was happening or just trying to absorb it? My eyes didn't blink for like an hour. They were open and I was watching the movement. I was watching the size of the objects and that changed. They were, they were kind of the other interesting thing too is they were kind of fuzzy edged as well. So, which is which really does make me think that, about the dimensionality of UFO phenomenon. Like, you know, it's kind of like they appear. They've got this fuzziness around the edge. The size is they're, they're kind of fluid in some ways. Like, there's a lot of fluidity to it. Like, it's not not it's not a metallic disc. You know, not a classic 1950s metallic disc. It's not not that type of a that type of a thing. They really were much more malleable than that. The speed was just, you, you blink, and it was from point A to point B. It's just from go to stop. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I, that's a really, you know, one of the identifying facets of the, their per- performance ability. I mean, when you see that happen, you know you're not dealing with anything that's quite normal, so to speak. But you know, I'm kind of wondering if there's anything to be interpreted by their movements you know you for example i mean just a thought right i mean you've got them going in in a direction so there's directional coordinates that you could maybe plot out on a map there's a a sequence of separation like where they divide and come together so you could have number sequences there so you know maybe it's a you know if it's a like a one three five type of thing You know what yeah, I'm that's, saying? That, that, yeah, that's a really good point. That is an absolutely great point because they divide. There'd be one, there'd be three. They could divide into five. And then the other thing I'd like to say about it too was that they kind of seem to be moving clockwise. Like 
if, if you had to say to me, okay, they're going back and forth, they're going up and down, but the whole show seemed to be kind of going clockwise. That's that's the other impression I had with it. They were okay. moving around the clock face. So if you were, if you said he was up high and then he went to the right, then he went down and then he went back to the left, you know, and so it's kind of this this clockwise type of a movement to them. And then you might get something where another one darts back across the other way. But I did notice that. I did notice that there was this kind of a general clockwise sort of turning motion that they were kind of doing, you know, when you're, when you're watching it and trying not to blink and not, not to get it. And we're all tapping each other and saying, can you believe this? Like, what's going on here? This is just unbelievable. So um, that was really interesting about it because they kind of had this, like, you know, one would shoot off and another would move and they were kind of, I, I don't remember seeing like, you know, two shooting in the same direction at once. It was like one had moved, then the next had moved, then the next would move. And it was kind of that kind of perhaps, you know, let's use the word coordination, but that was sort of like what was going on too. And and when you're watching them, you know, the speed of point A to point B, the directness of that journey, they didn't appear and disappear. They travelled across that distance. You saw it move from point A to point B and then it would sit there. Then it would slightly glow. This little slight glowing is when it stopped. And then then it would shoot off in another direction. You know, what so, it reminds yeah. me of is, is uh, some of the sightings by Paul Benowitz, if you've ever heard of the Benowitz case. That is related to some of the optical experiments they were doing uh, with yeah. high-powered. We get talking about the ideas that some of these things could be some sort of a projection yeah. from someplace. And that That's could right. explain a lot of the per- performance characteristics. We don't really have to go into dimensions then. But if yep. you've got some sort of holographic type projection system, you could you could do all of that stuff. That's a really interesting point because, you know, looking at it, you do have that sort of feeling that like, you know, is this some type of a projection? You know, am I watching some type of a, of a projection from somewhere else? have these guys blipped into our reality and now they've blipped out of my reality, you know, like what is the nature of this interaction? And I would say also too that the, the colour that they were was the, was the perfect colour for that night. You could almost say that was a stealth colour. It wasn't Independence Day, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. they were in the environment, they were there, but they were blending in like a, like, you know, like an owl, but we see an owl sitting on a, on a branch, he looks like the branch. Well, yeah, so, it's, called, it's called active camouflage. Yeah, that's something that has been worked on by our own military and can explain things like uh, UFOs being able to simply disappear, for example. We don't really have to invoke any alternate dimension hypothesis to be able to explain what's going on with technology yeah. that is at our fingertips now. Say, imagine you had some distant projection system of some kind. You could make all of these things happen now yeah. and make it look exactly like what you're talking about. You could probably even do it from space. You know, if you had some high-tech military laser system yeah. up there, you could probably do that. But is that what it was? And that's the problem wow. now, isn't it? Because yes. in, say, back in the 40s or 50s, no, we would not have been able to do that. But now. Yeah. We yeah. could. So how do we determine whether it's something alien now or some sort of high tech exercise that, you know, the military and the people at a Pine Gap are pulling together, you know? Yeah. Well, the, thing, the interesting thing is like, you know, like people say to me, man-made objects, to my knowledge, they travel in straight lines. Planes travel in straight lines. Ships travel in straight lines. Everything we do travels in a straight line. That's one of the first tests I apply to any UFO report is, is this thing traveling in a straight line? Is it behaving in a, in a conventional way that you would expect it to behave? 
these objects were not behaving like that. You know, they, they were behaving in a way that you could say was alien to human movement. Now, if we have the technology that can do that now and we're all unaware of it, well, that's, that's another story, and that may well be the case. But the speed from which, which they would move was just, it was just blitzing. Like, you know, it was a, a lightning, lightning fast. Like, you just imagine the G-forces. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I've seen, I've seen one myself. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's no way yeah. that any kind of material object that we've created can do that. I mean, not even cannon fire is that fast. But if you think of it as a projection from a distance, yes. all you'd have to do is move the light beam. There'd be no inertia. There'd be no G-forces. They could move yes. what would seem like seem to the observer to be an object very quickly from place to place instantly. No, I mean, just think of the laser light shows that are out there yes. that we've seen. That's yes. So you, you, all you would have to do is adapt that type of technology and say, you know, if you gave somebody like the military, uh, you know, a, a billion dollars in, in the last 20 years, would it be possible for them to create something like that and use it as some sort of advanced countermeasures or psyops uh, system or something? I mean, uh, you know, that's yeah. the problem. We don't know if it's alien anymore. We don't. No, that's, that's really true. The, the, you know, the, 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 you know the, the game is changing all the time, isn't it? The- it is changing, therefore we have to continue with more to come. With Ben Gene Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Houseflies defecate every four to five minutes, spreading diseases and germs. Protect your food and your health with Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic, no batteries required, only $39.95. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump says there are enough testing supplies to begin the first phase of reopening communities that are closed from the coronavirus pandemic. Every day we're getting closer to the future that we all have been waiting for. I talk about the light at the end of the tunnel. We are getting very, very close to seeing that light. But many governors are complaining they can't get enough tests done in time, and they don't have enough test kits yet. Though in Texas, Governor Greg Abbott says he's ready to start reopening. We can adopt safe strategies that prevent the spread of COVID-19. And step by step, we will open Texas. Stocks rallied around the world on Friday. The Dow was up 704 points. The Nasdaq up 117. 
This is USA Radio News. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what Dr. Joe has to say. Hypertension runs in my family, unfortunately. I started having problems a number of years ago, and I had heard the commercials a number of times, and I personally do not like the idea of being on medication. (laughs) Even though I'm a physician, you would think, you know, that's our thing, but we just don't like it. So I I figured, you know, I'll start the product, and I did, and I got to tell you, it does help. By the grace of God and that product, you know, my labs come back really good all the time, right on the money. I used to always have, like, cold toes in the wintertime, and I used to love going down to Florida for my medical conferences. But since I've been taking the product regularly, I don't have that problem anymore. You got a great product there, Don, and I just wanted to tell you how appreciative I am. Thank you so much. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822, or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. This is a pandemic survival alert and the most time-sensitive messages you will hear this year. You still have time to plant a one-acre crisis garden and secure a supply of your own nutrient-dense food. But time is running out, and it's one deadline you don't want to miss. Who should plant a crisis garden? Individuals, families, churches, communities, anyone or any group that sees hard times ahead. Let's face it, even the mainline media is talking about food supply disruptions and the growing number of grocery store workers who are becoming sick. But there's more. Meat pack- plants are closing, mile-long lines at food pantries, and more farmers now in financial trouble. The truth is, growing nutrient-dense vegetables this summer may be the single most important thing you do. Go to survivalseedbank.com and watch the new video to understand what we're really up against. Get free bonus seeds, special quarantine reports too. Don't wait. Every minute counts. Go to survivalseedbank.com. That's survivalseedbank.com. Jacques Vallée, you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. At one time, we kind of sort of thought that the UFO enigma was pretty constant back in the 50s. I think in many respects it still is, but when you use the word changing, what do you mean? You know, we've looked at the evolution, you know, like, you know, like, you know, back in the, well, people, even, even in people, I mean, you know, what people were like, you know, back when Roswell happened, you know, and, you know, people believed what the government said, you know, if they said it was a weather, it was a bloody weather balloon, you know, like that was just, people accepted it, it disappeared out of the consciousness for so many years and then it comes back again, you know, and has the phenomenon evolved? Yes, the phenomenon has evolved. You, you talk about, you know, Roman soldiers seeing shields in the sky. That's, that's an interpretation of what they're seeing, you know, they're, they're interpreting shields in the sky all the way through to crucifixes in the sky when you get into, into the dark ages and the middle ages like the, the, the phenomenon does seem to have this evolution with with our psychology as we move along and you get to the 1940s and 50s and the 60s and you've got this space race going on and and you know man's leaping off this rock himself for the first time we're starting to see metallic discs we're starting to see this sort of objects later times you're, you're talking orbs and plasma and as you move through so so it certainly it certainly does seem to be following some sort of trend with our with our own abilities to perceive maybe it's their way of trying to blend in so as not to be noticed or to i don't know what their agenda is i mean we really don't but it sort of suggests and and don't get me wrong here when i say 
that it's possible it could be one of ours. Now, it's not because I don't believe alien visitation is a reality. I do. Yeah. Absolutely. And this sounds like it was an incredible experience, regardless of what it was. I would have loved to have been there to see them. Oh, yeah. But it does seem to, like you say, kind of mirror our climate of the times, so Mm. to speak. Mm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's their way of, of trying to, to well, you know, blend in with the population while they're they're doing their thing. But then why would they put on a show like what purpose could there be? That's what I was asking myself the whole time I was watching it. And because I watched it for an hour, I had I had plenty of time to philosophize about what was <laughs> going on at the time while it was going on. You know, as I stood there and philosophized, that's exactly what was happening in my mind. I'm going, what is the point of this? What is the point of, of you talking where? You know, we're 15 minutes out of town on a farm. It's a dark night, you know, with light cloud cover, no wind, in the middle of nowhere, basically. What is the point of sitting there and darting around and sh- putting on this really awesome show, presumably three people, maybe some, maybe some, some others, maybe not, and then sit there for an hour and a half, and then, bang, all of a sudden, show's over. What's the point of that, you know? There's also this tall, tall grassy field. I mean, I'd be tempted to get a drone out there and see if they left any crop circles. Or, I mean, you know, we know that most crop circles, okay, are people out there making designs in the grass. But what if there's something out there? Well, that's right, exactly. And, and this weekend, I'm going to um, write up a full report on it and sit down and take all my Google Map shots. And I'm a real Google Mapper. I love that. You know, taking all my shots of Google Maps, my sister's house. The, the proximate distance, all that sort of stuff. We'll do all that this weekend when I've got time to do it. I'll probably go back out there also um, yeah. Sunday and I'll go out in the paddock and I'll have a bit of a look around in the general area where we were, uh, where, where I perceived they were. And, I mean, what if you uh, were to go out uh, there and, and all of a sudden, you know, you walk into this clearing and it's like something out of the X-Files where you're in the middle of a, a major crop circle or some kind of interesting design. I mean, who knows? This definitely well, deserves some follow-up for sure. Well, uh, Absolutely. And I'll be sure to call you. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get you back for that. One. <laughs> Definitely. We we're going to want an update. In the meantime, you've got some other cases you'd like to yes. also talk about. Let's uh, yeah, let's go for the top five. I mean, most of us are probably familiar with Valentech or Valentech. Yeah, I'm going to I'm not going to talk about the stuff you all know about. Like, we, OK, we're going to move away from that. OK. All right. I'm gonna let's do that. Cherry. Yeah, I'm going to give you some real little sweet cherries to, 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 to chew on. Right. I've come up with about, I've got, actually got 10 cases over a period of time that in Victoria have been very influential. I'm going to quickly timeline it so you, so you get a feel for what time period I'm talking about. So on the 15th of February 1963, a dairy farmer was milking his cows at 7.30 in the morning on a very rainy day. All of a sudden, out of the cloud deck, this classic flying saucer puffs out of the, out of the cloud deck comes down over the top of him. All the cows surge into the dairy where his son's sitting there milking the cows, and the cows panic. This thing pops out of the sky. It, it sits, it hovers over the top of the dairy, and then it shoots off over the mountains. Case one, right? That's 1963. Next one is a photograph that was taken in Melbourne on the 2nd of April 1966, which was the start of a flap at that time. What looks like a bicycle bell type object. This this case is known in America. It's called the Ballman photo. It came down above a house in a in a leafy suburb of Melbourne, and a guy took a photo of this this uh, side inverted phallic silver looking. I call it a disc just for time's sake, and it shot off, and that made it into the paper. 
the, the, the Herald Sun paper, and that, that was really the start of what was a flap. And on the 4th of April 1966, a man was driving in central Victoria at night, and he saw what he thought was a tractor doing uh, night ploughing off to the right. And as he approached it, his headlights started to shake, and his headlights bent off the road, and they were attracted to this object in the paddock. The object divided into two halves with these tubes of coloured light drifting between the two two discs. Uh, he put the brakes on and narrowly avoided hitting a tree. The whole complex closed up and it disappeared. Two days later, a young man was killed in his car when his car ran off the road at the exact same location. On the 6th of April 1966, the Westall School incident occurred, where 100 children in Melbourne saw discs come out of the sky at, at mid-morning, about 10.30, and the discs came over the school and the kids one of them landed next to the school and, and a, another disc went over and landed in a place called The Grange, which was a, a park. And the kids ran out. All the kids ran out from school. In 1966, if you leave the school, that'd be, a, that'd be an ass whooping. And they all left school and they all ran down to where these objects were down there. That's, that's case number four. It's a very famous case. 24th of August, 1967, a man is riding his motorbike between Melbourne and Sydney. He sees a flying saucer land and two beings get out of it. He's t- he hops on his bike and he takes off and the object chases him. 11th of September 1972, a guy is riding his bike. He's a cyclist at 4, 4.45 in the morning. The UFO follows him as he's riding his bike and he goes into the police station and the police station, they all watch this object in the sky. Sale, 1972, 20th of September, a policeman is out on his rounds in his, in his patrol car and he's driving out to this area, and he sees this light from the sky, and it descends to the ground, and then he watches it go up into the sky again. So he drives to the local RAF base, and he says, have you guys got anything out there in the sky at the moment? And they go, no, we've got nothing up there. So the intelligence officer hops in the car with him, and they drive back out to the, to the road where he saw it, and they see this object coming towards them. This object comes over the patrol car, and it shines a bright light down on the patrol car, the intelligence officer, and the policeman, and, and they're bathed in this light from this object hovering above them. The object takes off and disappears, and the light remains around the car for several minutes. Dargo, 28th of January, 1976, two farmers are watering a crop. They have to go back and turn the pump off at 11 o'clock at night. They drive off uh, to go back to the farm. As they're driving, they see this what they think is a shooter's spotlight travelling along, alongside the car. And they soon realise that it's not actually a spotlight, it's actually a, a little light. And they drive, and this light's just pacing the car. They come into a hilly area, and they lose sight of the light, and they go, that was a bit strange. They go up this hill. Next minute, the light is right next to them again. The light takes off ahead of them, and it waits at the top of the next hill. And as they drive up, they see that the object is a little two-foot sphere, and it's got an eye on it, and it's got two fins coming off the bottom at 45-degree angles. And this thing turns on a light so bright that it turns the entire valley into daylight. And they drive on down the hill and they go to their gherkin patch and the girl hops out, she turns off the water pump and the object's hovering above them silently as she turns off the pump. They hop back in the car and they fly back up there, terrified. They get back to the top of the hill and the object, little object, shines its bright light onto them again and they get back onto the main road and they skid back into town, terrified. With Gene Randall, Ben, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamG'day.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamG'day.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamG'day.com with Longevity. TeamG'day.com. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may 
may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Our guests coming from the other side of the world, or another world, maybe maybe Ben Hurl is from another world, and he doesn't want to tell us. He's telling us about people who vanish. Now, Dave Politis was on the Paracast well over a decade ago, talking about strange disappearances, many of which happen in national parks. Do you remember that episode, Randall? I've heard him a few times, and he's got his critics, but there's just something about the way that he tells the stories that that do keep my attention. But, uh, you know, I'd really like to get back to these cases that Ben was talking about. And uh, we were talking just before the break there. Uh, We left off with one in 1978, uh, after the one in 1976, where, and that sounds amazing. I mean, I hope we have a little bit more time to go into a a little bit deeper detail where there was this uh, spotlight-like object that paced a car that turned out to be a two-foot sphere that lit up the area like it was daylight. That just sounds incredible. Like, imagine that experience. And then... Mm. Then we had just moved on to the next one from 1978 before the break, and we had to cut you short. So let's care, uh, pick up where we left off there. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry I'm talking like an auctioneer, guys, but you know, I, yeah, I'm just trying to give you the, the synopsis, and, uh, and then we can pick them apart from there. So, yeah, so September 1978, and this is, this is just prior to Fred Valentich disappearing. He disappeared on the 21st of October. This case occurred in the September, and it's only about 45 minutes away from where I live. But the scenario is at 3 a.m., a, a deer hunter and his uh, godson, he's taking his godson hunting deer, they leave um, to go hunting. And as they're travelling along, they notice this red light in the sky. And they, they see the red light and they drive past it. People do these things, historically keep doing what they're doing. They were going to go a certain route, but a flood had come through and they couldn't, they couldn't go down there because the floodwaters were too high. So he turned around and came back. Then they see the red light again. And then the light starts pacing the car. Here we go, lights pacing cars. And as he's driving along, he speeds up, and this light is, is following right next to his car. Um, not right next to his car, it's in the, in the adjacent paddock, but it's at the exact same speed as he's going. And he puts the foot to the floor, and the object paces with him. He puts the brake on, the light, the light stops just in exact sequence with him. And he drives into a little town nearby called Stratford, and the object shoots off ahead of him. And he gets to the crossroads of the town. This is like, you know, a quarter past three in the morning. And uh, hovering above the, um, the crossroads is a disc. A metallic disc is hovering above the, above the intersection. And as he pulls into the intersection, the object darts down in front of his car. So it shoots down at like a 45-degree angle, and it goes very close to his front window. And he, and he sort of puts the brakes on, and then it shoots back up into the sky. And he keeps driving out, so he drives through town. They're still going hunting. And he drives out through town. The object follows him through town. And then all of a sudden, the object just shoots off. 
and they see it disappear and they and him and the boy are going oh that was that was really weird experience and they drive on out into the bush and they drive out to their location where they're going to go hunting now here's the interesting part when they get to the location the object is waiting for them at that location and it is hovering there above the paddock he he stops the car and he watches this this classic classic disc. And think of you know the sports model Area Fifty One, Bob Lazard. That's what it looks like, just like that. They sit there in the car, and they and it's you know it's starting to get the you know the um, sun starting to come up, and and they watch this little cylinder come out the bottom of the object, and this little cylinder comes out the bottom, and then it travels across the valley, and this cylinder goes across, and it goes over to the opposite hill. And the little cylinder goes there, and it's and it's on the ground, and it's doing something on the ground. Then the little cylinder comes back, and it shoots back across the, the field, and it goes back up into the craft. Then they sit there for the next forty five minutes and watch as this craft slowly ascends up into the sky, and it reaches a point where it's like a starlight, and it just disappears. That's uh, September nineteen eighty. Uh, sorry, uh, September nineteen seventy eight. Then on the 21st of October 1978, Fred Valentich disappears, the world goes mad, and I won't talk about that now. Rosedale, 30th of September 1980, a farmer wakes up at 1 o'clock in the morning, all his stock are going crazy, the cows are going mad, the horses are going off, it's going off its nut, everything's going crazy. So he goes out to the side to see what's happening, and he sees this object travelling along low above the trees, and it goes over his, over his shearing shed, and the poor horse is trying to get it, get out of the get out of the holding yard as this, as this disc goes over the top. He watches it travel out into the paddocks and all the cows are running around mad. And he hops on his motorbike and he drives, he follows it out to the paddock and he watches it go out and it hovers above a water tank and it sits there above a water tank and it lands on top of the water tank and it sits there for a, a, a short period of time and then it flies off the tank and it lands on the ground next to the water tank and it's sitting there rotating on the ground. Then it lets out this pulse, and this pulse comes over and it hits him, and he falls. He falls over, and then the object takes off and disappears. He goes back to the house, and the next morning he's really sick. He's, he's really, really sick. He can't get out of bed, and, and he's the farm manager. And uh, the farm owner comes and finds him in bed and says, "What's the matter?" He said, "I had a really strange experience last night." He says, "I feel really, really, really sick. This thing was hovering over the tank." So they go out to the tank, or the owner goes out to the tank, and they see that the tank is completely drained of water. It's a ten thousand gallon tank completely drained of water which had been full the previous day and all the silt in the bottom of the tank had been wound up into a point where all the water had been swirled out of the tank and he was sick for five days the the um the farm manager and his clock had stopped his watch had stopped at 1 a.m when the object appeared that was in 30 september 1980 fast forward to 1989 west Turif, which is in the northeast of victoria big wheat farms up there huge wheat farms and they've got the big combine harvesters, and the combine harvesters are going through the fields, and they find these huge circles in the fields, these big flat circles in the field, and they don't, they don't go over them. They go around them, and they tell then the contractors say to the farmer, there's some really weird stuff out in your field. You better go have a look. And so they pop out and have a look, and, the, and all the, all the um, wheat is compacted on the ground, and the ground is like it's baked. It's really hard. The investigator who actually went up there, hit it with a crowbar and it's like the ground rings, you know, so it was really, really hard. Also on the same farm, they had another couple of experiences. The son was laying in bed one night and he heard this incredible roaring sound and he had no idea where this roaring sound was coming from. Another night they were coming home and they were coming up the driveway and they saw all their sheep were over in one corner of the paddock. In the other end of the paddock was this 
um, big golden orb in the sky shining a light down on the sheep. And the sheep were all bundled up into the, into the corner of the paddock and they were all running around each other scared of this, of this big um, golden sphere that was shining light on them. The golden sphere disappears and they go out into the paddock and they see that the sheep are all scared and terrified and they find a wedge-tailed eagle on the ground walking around flapping its wings like it's completely disorientated and had no idea where it was. Uh, that was in 1989 up there. Then you've got the Kelly Cahill case on the 8th of August 1993, and I'll draw a line through it and I'll stop it there. That's a snapshot of some of the stuff that's happened here in my state. Well, we're talking some high strangeness going on there. There's no question about that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I've investigated all these cases um, that, I've, that I'm talking about, and, um, yeah, every one of them is a high strangeness event. Every one of them has, has, has objects doing really weird things. And what I love about most of these is people doing their everyday events. You know, you've got, you got deer hunters, you've got farmers, people just going about their business. And they're not looking for UFO fame. In fact, half of these people, they don't even want to talk to you. So the Dargo case is a great one. I could talk to you about, for an hour about that case alone. Um, we found one of the original witnesses for that case, and, and uh, we went up to Dargo, which is Dargo's also about uh, an hour right at, It's a very remote town. It's up in the mountains, up in the high country. And um, we went up there, and, uh, and through local inquiry, we were able to find the lady who's now 80 years old and uh, the lady who got out and uh, turned off the water pump, and we, and we spoke to her about it one afternoon up there, and uh, she wasn't looking for, for us to come and talk to her. We had to talk to her for, for 40 minutes to get her to talk about it all those years later. So, you know, these, these events affect people. They really do. And, um, you know, you, you, you see something incredible, and then you have to get on with your daily life <laughs> after that fact. And, you know, I sometimes wonder how people can do that, you know, like, you know, you see something that's a game-changing thing for, for, for what you think your worldview is. Like, you know, you can believe in Jesus, you may not believe in Jesus, whatever, anything like that, and then all of a sudden, bang, something like this appears in your life and you go, well, how's that? You know, what's your worldview now? And all of those cases have, have had that effect on, on, on those witnesses. And you're talking, you know, 1963 where I started um, with, the, with the dairy farmers through to Kelly Cahill High Strangeness case, 8th of August 1993 and all those other wonderful stories, um, you know, in those preceding years. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, and, and Victoria has been the hub of, of Australia's UFO cases. Um, all, the, all the big cases have, have, have occurred here. Um, it really has got a rich, rich UFO uh, history here. We've got more to come with Gene, Ben and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo Tote Bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, 
and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, we have to keep that voice. That is an amazing voice. I want to ask you people from Australia. I come from Brooklyn, New York. You know what I mean? We come from Brooklyn, New York. I I wonder here where you got that magnificent accent. I mean, it's kind of sort of related to the British accent, but it's not really. It's an offshoot of the British accent. It really is. I have watched the show on accents, and, and I'm fascinated by accents. They are amazing. And environment has a lot to do with accents. Over in merry old England, where it's a fairly cold environment, people can actually open their mouths when they speak. But here in Australia, you've got to keep your mouth closed because of the flies, right? So the Australian voice is a lot flatter and we don't have those, those lilting tones that you get in the English accents because Australia is a hot, dry, dusty, fly-ridden place. Our accent has developed out of some of those physical conditions that we have in our country down here. And so, I mean, I'm being very general in those statements, but, but there is truth to that, to that thing that when you've got a hot environment, you've got a, you know, a relatively dusty environment in places. And interestingly, in Australia, the accent is pretty much the same across the entire country. There's little, little regional variances in Queensland and Western Australia. They've got some, they've got some little, little local stuff going on there. But overall, Australians all sound the same. Whereas in England, you can travel from one village to another three miles away and have a completely different accent. Our accent is very much, uh, you know, a product of our of our physical location down here, you know, and obviously having a, an English, Irish, French, German, you know, European settlement background, that's all, all sprung out of that, whereas the American accent tends to be kind of a bit more closely related to the Irish accent, I think. That's all really quite fascinating. I, I had... No idea that that's how an accent developed down there. Yeah. One question yeah. here. You said the American accent. There are a number of different American accents, depending on where there are. you come from. 
there is a relationship to the Irish accent. How so, yes. my lad? Well, I think the Irish accent, it's sort of like, it kind of has that R sound. And I think the, the Americans really, really have that R sound as well when they talk, you know. Of course, there's regional variances across America as well. You know, like in the South, they, you know, the, the accents are, well, they tend to speak a lot slower in the South. That's what I noticed when I was in Louisiana, you know, all those years ago. You know, whereas Australians talk very fast, you know, like we do talk fast. We and noticed that, that yes. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit slower <laughs> now. Uh, I was quite fascinated by the um, the case from 1980 there with where you were talking about farm animals being disturbed yeah. by a flying disc. And yeah. that seems to be a fairly common phenomenon with animals. Animals seem to be very sensitive to these things. I also found it really interesting how it hovered over this water tank yep. and that the water was drained out of it. And that when they went and looked in, if I'm remembering this right, the silt was all swirled into a point in the middle. Yes, that's true. And that was not the only case of, of water sucking UFOs in that area, that there, there had been a number of cases of UFOs draining tanks, uh, billabongs, water bodies of water. They, they had been there draining water. So it, it has been a, uh, an occurrence in in that specific area. In fact, here's a little funny little note for you: where that farm is, uh, and I know exactly where that farm is. The original tank's gone, but they've put a plastic tank in its place in the exact same location. It's it's not even a hundred meters from the highway, right? So the national highway drives past it, and a truck driver was driving past at the time. An IPEC truck driver was driving past, and he saw the object as well. And a daughter of the people at the general store just down the road, she saw the object. So there were three witnesses to that. It was a really great case, and it, it had everything from animal involvement to physical trace cases to to environmental effects to witness effects. It had it's just a it's just a beautiful case. It's got everything, and um, it was a very it was it was the the favourite case of Paul Norman, who was the um, the president of the, of the Victorian UFO Research Society. That was one of his all time favourite cases. Was the water tank case because it really is such a beauty, you know, like there's, it's got everything in it, you know, and highly credible witness, um, you know, uh, trace effects. It was a classic. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're talking about a, a CE5, technically, if you go with the old uh, Hynek Valley uh, yeah. classification, because you've got a close encounter that includes positive or negative physical changes to the witness. In this case, the witness was hit by some kind of a pulse. Now, yeah. was, was it a light pulse or just what sort of pulse was this exactly? I, I think you tend to find they tend to be more like a, more like a, like a, like that, that base amplification pulse, you know, like, you know, when you're standing at the, at the, you know, your gig and you get that base, that basing type pulse and Kelly Cale had the same type of thing occur to her as well when this force field comes across, this invisible force field comes across the field and it, and it knocks her off her feet. You know, that's a... Like a, a sonic a, pulse of some yeah, kind. Yeah, like a sonic pulse. That's what I'm sort of thinking. Like a sonic pulse comes out and, and the witness is hit. It's almost like a disabling type of a, of a defense mechanism or something, you know, that these objects can do to, to, to disorient their, I won't say the word prey, but, you know, <laughs> to disorientate mm. their you know, whoever they're going about to have some level of interaction with. And the interesting thing about that case and the one from 1963 with the dairy farmers, in both cases, this is back to animals, the stock in both cases were out of sorts for at least a week after the event. The, the, the animals were very hard to work with, very hard to herd up, very hard to move past certain areas because, you know, the animals were affected not just at the time, they, they were affected for days after those events had actually occurred. 
Well, animals are very sensitive to sound and they can hear frequencies that we can't, at least some animals can. So, um, you know, maybe it was a case where that is what was going on. Animals get frightened of sound very easily. Yeah. And they're affected by it. You know, maybe these things are giving us some sort of ultrasonic frequency or something. I think that's a really good point. I mean, look what happens when a helicopter flies over animals. You know, they, they generally go berserk when helicopters are anywhere nearby. Horses, cows, they all go running when a helicopter flies over. So, And that's just a you know, ordinary pedestrian helicopter, you know, let alone, you know, something that's really, really interesting and, uh, and high performance, you know. If it's operating, if it's operating mechanisms are using forces that we obviously, you know, we're not aware of, the animals would have that that perceptibility or, or that irritability by whatever it is that they could be that could be propelling those crafts as well. There could be sounds associated that we can't hear because dogs go crazy whenever there's UFOs around. So dogs might be hearing things that we can't hear. You know, cows. Wait, wait, wait. Is that why my dog always goes crazy? He's seeing <laughs> UFOs. Thank you for telling okay. me. <laughs> well, that's well, true too. I mean, we hear about dogs actually being used. Uh, because they have a sensitivity to uh, the buildup of geological forces uh, to predict earthquakes is sort of a, their their thinking. And they're not really sure how they do it, whether they hear some sort of subsonic frequencies or sense it because they've got, you know, four paws on the ground. And, and somehow they can tell that it's just not right and it makes them nervous. And so when you've got things like helicopters, you've got that subsonic frequency again. And then there's the, uh, the electromagnetic frequencies that go along with things like earthquakes. So maybe the same thing with UFOs. We hear things about UFOs causing compasses to spin and that sort of thing. So maybe yeah. it's a combination of all of that. Absolutely, a hundred percent. You know, um, you know, all, all these cases that I've, you know, that I, that I sort of like, you know, machine gunned at you guys, you know, twenty minutes ago. They're all displaying these incredible things. And, and the interesting thing about Dargo, right? This, which is this little town, it's got one pub, one store. That's it. You know, it's very small. We went up there to chase this UFO case, and I'm up there talking to locals. Then, like next minute, they're coming out with these other stuff, and you go. Well, that's nearly as good as what, what I'm come up here to investigate. I was standing there talking to a lady, and she says, oh, yeah, my, my husband was driving home one night. My husband and son were driving home one night, you know, along the same road. Yeah, this object came down and hovered above the car. It picked it up off the ground. He's on this, trying to move the steering wheel, and the steering wheel is just not doing anything. And then next minute, it drops it down, and, and they drive on, and they, and they came home. You know, it's like that's an incredible story. It's, it's not one that I was going up there to investigate. And one night, she was home alone. There was this swirling light that came around the house, this big swirling wind whooshing sound and, and these lights that were rotating around. Outside, there was all these bright lights were flashing and there, was, and there was this wind blowing around. And she says, all I did was I put my bed cover over my head until it went away. More to come with Gene Randall. Ben, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses. Your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this... Make sure you do this. For digging projects, big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, when we talk about rapids and things, we kind of think in the UFO field, aren't we talking a little bit here about kind of an Alice in Wonderland concept? 
because things somehow seem to be sometimes or quite often less than logical. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. Actually, speaking yeah. of ra- rabbit, do you know how the, the abduction people say they talk about screen memories and such? Yes. Uh, when I was a young child in back in 1965, I had a, I mean, this is all, it's got all the classic features of something like that. When I was in this field, I was going through as part of this whole larger experience. But as I, as I was walking away from this experience, I was going through this tall grass. It was as tall as I was. I, as I was parting the grass, all of a sudden I came upon this rabbit and it was as tall as I was. And it, rabbits aren't that tall. I mean, some of them can get big, but not, you know, three, four feet high kind of thing. And it looked at me and it had those big, dark eyes. And I swear to this day that it said hello to me, like as plain <laughs> as day. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I still can see this thing plain as day in my mind. With, you know, And children do have these odd experiences, too. I mean, it, I, th- I think they're often just written off as, you know, childhood imaginations or fantasies or something. But so they're not believed, but th- they happen. Yeah, I've got an Australian version of that story. Oh, awesome. <laughs> one day me and my father were, because I've always been living in the country, and uh, one day me and my father, I was quite young, I would have probably been about six, we were uh, walking through sort of like a tea tree brush sort of an area out, out, in the, out in the bush, and we came into this clearing, and in the clearing was this male kangaroo, and he was as tall as a man. He was big. like He was a six-footer. Mm-hmm. He's he's sitting there, just sitting there calmly at full height. So he rises up to full height. So he's he's full height. Dad and I stop, and he looks at us with his dark little dark eyes, and then he just turns around and casually hops away. And it was just like one of those you had to be there sort of moment, you know, like you know this this six foot tall kangaroo. I mean, they can rip they can rip you to pieces. They they really can with their with their feet. They can they can totally tear your intestines out and um you know and here's my dad with his six-year-old son we just literally come into this clearing and and, and you know and there's, there's probably about you know two to three meters between us and it wow and it's it's quite close and it yeah. just it just casually turns around and off it goes mm-hmm. i think maybe i said hello to it <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a, that it, it still would be an interesting experience i mean it, it, wild animals so you don't want to underestimate them because they can seem so uh, unassuming, but yes. you don't you don't want to get it on their bad side. You know, <laughs> I mean, even you here, in, you know, even here in Canada, we have these you know deer that wander around and and uh, people. Oh, look at the cute deer! But every once in a while, someone gets too close and they'll rear up on their hind legs and trample you. And yes. they can be quite formidable. You know, they weigh a lot. You don't you don't want to get them on. You don't want to- no, you don't want to aggravate no. them and have have them attacking you. Well, I had an experience of the year too. I was walking through me and my dog were walking through the bush, and all of a sudden, this thing just from nowhere just snorts at us. This absolute monster snort comes from from nowhere, and and both me and my dog instantly turned and took off in the opposite direction. Yeah, you know, probably a good thing. idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a, it was a. Uh, I'm, well, I didn't see what it was, but I'm, I'm assuming it was a, a, a buck, a buck deer. It was early in the morning, like you know, six, seven, six or seven o'clock in the morning, 
and this thing just snorts at me. So (laughs) that was unbelievable. Getting back to some of the UFO cases, and of course, we could we could go back in detail a couple of, of the ones that you brought up in the list there. But I, I wanted to ask you about some of the native sightings there. I mean, apparently there's the, what are the Warlpiri? Yes. Have I got yeah. that right? Yes. Yeah. They yeah. have they have a long tradition of uh, of strange occurrences that we would probably think of as ufo sightings and that go on to this day is from what i'm understanding in a couple of articles i've read yeah that's true there's there's a strong aboriginal um connection to the ufo phenomenon and i have been out to out to the uh inland or i didn't actually go inland i went up to more up near darwin and i went to arnhem land arnhem land is a is an aboriginal territory you just can't go wandering in there. It's a, it's a, it's an actual Aboriginal territory, and when you go there, they've got this rich, rich tapestry of rock art that they do up there, and it's kind of encapsulates a lot of their their myths and their legends. And there's a lot of imagery within that that, when you look at it, it's so hard not to place a modern interpretation on it, and you can see what would look like astronauts or um, even alien heads in their artwork. In Bill Chalker's book, The Oz Files, he does a chapter on the Aboriginal story, and I was just running around trying to find it. (laughs) And uh, there's a lot of cases there where uh, one I can remember from the book is um, a UFO lands amongst a group of Aboriginals and the occupants get out and there's an interaction between the Aboriginals and the occupants from the craft. So. Yeah, there definitely has been a paranormal UFO activity here for a very long time. What's your impression of all of this then? I mean, it, we we can get into the, you know, the mythology, biblical mythology. It seems to go back thousands of years. It doesn't matter which continent that you go to. They've got there's mythology with the Hopis in the US. There's uh, with some of the First Nations in Canada, it seems like no matter where you go, they've taken an interest in people. I mean, are we just part of the wildlife, or <laughs> you know, or you know what? what well, you- yes. Well, look, I mean, yeah, maybe we are part of the wildlife. Maybe, maybe they're. You know, if you talk about you know, you know, abduction and uh, and um, you know, and farming of, of human genetics, then you know, maybe they're collecting genes from all around the world. Maybe they've got Aboriginal genes, they've got Hopi Indian genes, they've got you know, South American Indian genes, and and every and you know, uh, everybody else around the planet as well. So yeah, but you know, there's you know, there's that aspect of it. You know, you know do we have something that they need? Are there any MIB in Australia? Not really. Haven't had that that type of um, experience here. I don't really think that's that's part of our UFO experience. On the other hand, there was a book called "They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers." Of course, when we talk about Gray Barker's book, people always focus on the case of Albert Bender and his encounter with the three men in black. But the title of the book included the word they knew too much about flying saucers, not he 
knew too much about flying saucers. And probably it was the first and last serious thing that Gray Barker ever wrote. So if you can find yourself a copy online, it's a good historical background. Definitely. We got more to go with Gene, Randall, Ben. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump says there are enough testing supplies to begin the first phase of reopening communities that are closed from the coronavirus pandemic. Every day we're getting closer to the future that we all have been waiting for. I talk about the light at the end of the tunnel. We are getting very, very close to seeing that light. But many governors are complaining they can't get enough tests done in time, and they don't have enough test kits yet. Though in Texas, Governor Greg Abbott says he's ready to start reopening. We can adopt safe strategies that prevent the spread of COVID-19. And step by step, we will open Texas. Stocks rallied around the world on Friday. The Dow was up 704 points. The Nasdaq up 117. This is USA Radio News. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? 
I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. It's Greg Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Ben, you're too young probably to even remember that book. They knew too much about flying saucers. Oh, no, no, I have heard of it. I don't think I've read it, but I think I actually have got it in my UFO library, but I don't think I've actually read it yet. I read the book like a thousand years ago. Yeah, Something yeah, yeah, yeah. involving coverage in Australia where Barker mentioned a man in black thing. I'll look it up as you guys continue. Yeah, I'm talking about, you know, it's like my experiences and, you know, in the cases that I've looked at. Well, I haven't seen much evidence of a strong MIB presence here. Not saying that, that it's not or that, it, or that it doesn't have the potential to be here. Within all our big cases, there has not been that element. I'd just like to back up a little bit here too, because we just had the strangest thing happen. We were talking about the MIB and you were saying, well, you know, it might be the case that our phones are tapped or somebody's listening. And I said, they're listening right now. And then Gene completely dropped off the connection and we couldn't hear him. (laughs) And he has no idea why that happened. And we had to completely reestablish our connection. And Gene, you didn't even know that happened until now because you didn't hear that part. Right. And the thing is, when I looked at the various indicators that I'm being heard, they were working in Skype. I could see the reflection of the fact that there was a signal coming from my end in my recording software but none of you heard it. So it was no. like, I'm about to scream at everybody. Why can't you hear me? But I realized it was Skype having its revenge. Or there's somebody messing with us. That's, you know. Yes. I don't know. Is that just synchronicity or coincidence or what? That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> where do we want to pick up from here now? We've We've got another well, I, couple I, of segments left. Well, you know, I wouldn't mind just kept recapping briefly on one of the other cases because it's oh. going to be my next cold case for investigation. Let's do that. Uh, and it really is a great case. I love, I love giving you guys stuff that you, that you probably haven't heard about. It's good for everybody to hear, to hear these cases. And, and, and I'm trying to find this gentleman, and I haven't found him yet, but there's enough of his name out there to, you know, to make it a big job ringing through the phone book to try and track him down. Going back to the August 24 case in 1967, and the gentleman's name was Ron Hydes, H-Y-D-E-S, and he was riding his motorcycle from Melbourne to Sydney. So August over here is winter, and that's the dead heart of winter for us, August. 5 p.m., it's getting pretty dark at that time. You know, the sun is well and truly getting down below the horizon. 
And so he was on his motorcycle when he was blinded by a brilliant light coming from overhead. And he stopped his motorbike, dismounted and wiped his eyes. And you saw a typical saucer-shaped vehicle hovering three to four feet above the ground and about 100 feet to the left of the road. The saucer was silvery on the top and showed a, a cupola or a raised section and was darker underneath. And he also spotted two humanoids approaching him, about five feet tall and dressed in shiny metallic covered coveralls and dark transparent helmets. Now, Ron panicked, jumped on his bike and took off down the highway at full throttle and making about 100 miles an hour, the UFO was soon after him. Ron realised this when he heard it hum as it passed over his head at an altitude of 100 to 200 feet and then preceded him down the highway a couple of hundred feet in front. He was very unhappy about this and he slowed down and the saucer slowed down as well and they both came to a stop. And in a moment or two, the saucer tilted its base down towards him and then it shot off on a flight path um, at about 45 degrees with the horizon. Now, if that's not a classic Twilight Zone, amazing stories sort of a case, I don't know what is. And my aim is to try and track him down so I can get that story. I actually have got his original case report uh, that he gave to the Victorian UFO Research Society. I have, I have got some of their old files and I have his actual pro forma that he filled out with his actual illustration. I'm very, very keen to try and bring this case back up again because, I mean, come on, humanoids. Oh, definitely. Know, they're shiny metallic covered coveralls. Hello. I want to know more. So that's the next one that I'm going to take off in terms of, you know, let's try and uh, let's try and look into this. Let's see what yeah. we can find out, find out about this case. It's, it's old. I'm hoping he's still alive that I get to talk to the guy. Well, that would be, uh, you know, a classic uh, CE4. Ah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yes. yeah. So these are the cream of the crop type cases. Yes. Yes. And, you know, and they're not, high, they're not high profile cases. And what always happens to these cases is they disappear, they get forgotten, they just go. And 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 I think no, you've got to we've got to preserve this stuff. We've got to have the facts. We've got to we've got to talk to the first-hand witnesses while they're still here. You know, we've got to go to the location, take some photos. Even all these years later, you've got to get out there and you've got to bring these old cases back from the dead and uh, preserve them for the future. You know, and then you'll see that there's other cases around that have occurred around the world that might be similar. So if we've got good records. And that's the thing, what I don't like about ufology in general is that it's all in the hands of individuals, a lot of this stuff, and we've all got our little private collections. And sharing stuff is kind of, you know, it doesn't, just doesn't happen perhaps as, as much as it should. Well, it does happen in the books and that people have written about the subject. So we've got, you know, quite a few cases out there that are really good cases that people talk about in the classic UFO publications. Oh, yeah. No, we know. have. Yeah, of course we've got that with, yeah, there's, there's obviously there's a, there's a lot of literature out there for, for people to, to read. And, you know, if you Google Ron Hyde, you'll find information on him. Like there is, there is information out there. You won't find an interview with him. You won't find a documentary about, about that case. You won't find a, the location where that happened, you know, and, and that's the stuff I'm sort of talking about. I don't disagree at all. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't mean to sort of uh, be contradictory in terms of the value of what you're saying. I completely agree that that ufology's archiving of these cases 
is in, is important because if yeah. we don't do it, who is going to? And for for people who are the non-believers or the people who just hadn't thought about it much or think that oh it's you know some sort of thing for people who are a little bit out on the edge and uh, it, like you, you were saying about the experience with your sister's recent experience this is something now that has probably completely changed her attitude about the subject i yes. would imagine ah and <laughs> it did a flip yes yes and so it, when that happens to people it changes a person's world view us we're inside the ketchup bottle so we get used to the idea that alien visitation is something that is real we accept yes. it as part of what's happening in the world i yes. ne- to the point where i can't imagine what somebody's worldview must be like who doesn't believe it who doesn't even or let alone doesn't even understand it that thinks that the world just goes on with people doing their daily uh things in the world driving their cars going back and forth to work uh the most there's there's no other civilizations beyond earth that are involved in our existence and it's 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 i i know there's people like that there's a lot of them but it's mm. really hard for me to put myself into that mind space. If I try to imagine it, all I can do is I know it's out there. I know that that's possible. But when you compare the difference, it is such a startling contrast in terms of how we see ourselves in the world and our place in the universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My, my sister is, is that classic person, you know, like that, that was her, you know, like would think beyond nothing above what she sees, feels and touches herself. And, uh, you know, within the realms of the world, wouldn't, wouldn't give any thought to that sort of thing. So, so she's done that 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 you know complete flip in the space of an hour and a half. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you know, like you know, yeah. that 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 hour and a half made her go because you know because she says, "Oh, I believe now. I believe." You know, she's like saying, "I believe." It's, it's almost like a hallelujah moment. You know, like um, you know, I believe we're going to have another segment. With our friend Ben Hurl from the other side of the world. We got more to come with Gene Randall and Ben. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, 
But soon, you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps. The ultimate fully functional, off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR. DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, simulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com, or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Mortgage rates have dropped 25%, the lowest mortgage rates in years. So maybe you should drop everything and call Zoom Refi. Refinance your home now and slash your mortgage payments. Take cash out and save maybe hundreds of dollars every month. Zoom Refi mortgage rates are super low. Zoom Refi closing costs are super low. And Zoom, we approve you right over the phone, even for no income check loans. Big drop in mortgage rates. Big opportunity for you to save money. Call Zoom Refi. Today, 888-291-9729, 888-291-9729, save on mortgage payments, save on closing costs, call Zoom Refi, 888-291-9729, advertising by marketing entity Zoom Refi, Zoom Refi is not a bank or financial company, calls and other inquiries may be forwarded to third-party lenders who are solely responsible for reviewing, approving, and servicing any loan, Zoom Refi is not affiliated with any state or federal agency and does not provide mortgage advice or help, no income check loans are for investment properties only and income must be sufficient to service debt. Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. A very quick question before we go on with our final little segment of our visit with Ben Hurl. And I want to remind listeners also that he was present at last week's episode of After the Paracast. And if you want to sign up and subscribe, to the Paracast Plus to get that show and the version of this show free of the network ads, go to the Plus. Okay, Ben Hurl, we're going to be wrapping it up soon. Time just flies when you're having fun, and this was fun. A lot of enjoyable information there. What's your day job, anyway? Okay, well, my day job is completely unrelated 
to the UFO field in, in 100%. Um, I have always worked in sales. So I currently am a sales manager for a RV company and I sell uh, recreational vehicles is my daytime job. That's cool. Uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, they just, they don't relate to sales, but uh, I've done it in the past in retail and, and in my own just uh, private business. And I really love it. You get to mm. interact with people. And it's, yep. it, it, if you, if you like people, sales is cool. This is really, it's really a, actually a great job. If, well, if you've got a good boss, <laughs> like any <laughs> like any other job, I suppose. Yeah, I, I do. I have very good bosses, and um, yeah, I'm very lucky. Yeah, that's cool. Just before the break, there we were talking about how uh, having UFO experience really changes a person's worldview, and I feel as though, and I don't know if you can confirm this or not, but that people who have had a genuine UFO experience. They're like part of a larger family. I feel connected to them in a way, even though I may not really know them, because I know that they're out there, that there's this segment of society that absolutely knows for sure that alien Mm -hmm. visitation is a reality. And then there's the rest of the world. You know what I'm getting at there? Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I really noticed that, what you're talking about, when we came to America last year. So we came over in September and we went to the International UFO Congress in Phoenix. And I noticed that once I got in, once we got into the, into the conference, you're there with all those like-minded people. You're there with everybody who is, even if we're not entirely on the same page about the who, where, why, fours and that sort of stuff, we all at least can go, there's something else out there beyond ourselves. And here we are from the other side of the world, thousands of miles away, and we come all the way over to the United States and we feel at home because with the like-minded people. To me, this, this particular phenomenon that we're talking about right now makes me think that maybe this has something to do with their agenda, if they have one, because mm-hmm. it's, the aliens don't give us any scientifically valid material evidence to prove that they exist. And yet we know, like the people who know, because they're first-hand witnesses, they've seen it with their own eyes, with, with, and they've, they've got enough experience in the world to know that they're looking at something truly extraordinary or out of this world. It's not just some vague light off in the distance that might be a star or planet or an airplane or something and then goes away. They've seen it well enough to know. Yeah, exactly. That's right. right? Yeah. So there's this group of people and yet we don't know for sure which one of those people is actually telling the truth. We know that there has to be other people out there because we can't be the only ones in the world that are having this experience because that would be just, you know, way too self-absorbed. Yeah. So there's this challenge. It's almost like, like they're trying to create some sort of situation where all of us who know have to figure out how it is that we can relate to each other without the proof somehow. Yeah, I mean, what I see all the time with... It's like a, um, it's like, it's like a social experiment. Mm, mm, it is. And, and 
I've seen so many people, witnesses, yes, but also other people who, who come to conferences, who, who come to your events and stuff, and you can see that they're on a quest. You can see, you can see that there's a quest that people are undertaking for themselves. That quest is, is, is you know, trying to find out what is happening, what is going on. And people are really um, sort of, and I think that that, that is happening on an on a, on a increasing level all the time. So, you know, a UFO meeting back in the 1950s, you know, they, they could still get 150 people to a UFO meeting back in the 1950s. But I think that as, as we've gone over the, you know, the last 50, 60 years or so, that the quests are, get, are, getting, are getting further than that. I think, I think that the, you know, I'll use the word awakening, that, that people are kind of going, yes, you know, we, we know that, that, that this is, there's more to this world. We know that there's more to reality. You know, the, the old religious modes of, um, of, of the world don't ring true for a lot of people anymore and, and haven't for a long time. So people do look outside to say, you know, there perhaps there's other things out there. And then you've got this kind of ET sort of, you know, is, is humanity hoping that ET is going to do something for us? Is ET going to do something for us? Does ET care about us? You know, these are the questions that I think more and more people are taking a serious, serious look at around the world. Well, it does draw us together in this common sort of, and you use the word quest, to figure it out. Because we, get, we, we know that there's something more going on than what is happening in our mundane, everyday lives. And sure, a psychologist might say, oh, well, we're just conjuring it up because we're so bored with our everyday mundane lives. I don't think this is the case at all. I think there really is something going on that is far beyond our everyday mundane lives and that deserves to be investigated. And that's what it seems to want to do. It seems to want to draw us out to investigate it. And for us as a group who know to find a way to unify and come together in this sort of common cause, right? Am I making any sense at all? No, you are. But there's also the antagonist to that as well. Like if there's this reaching out to humanity, there's, there's this suppression as well. There's a suppression agenda, isn't there? You know, like if, if ET is saying, yes, I'll, you know, I'm trying to broaden your minds, I'm trying to bring you up to become part of some greater galactic, be a store Star Trek and use Federation, you know, and you, and you guys just aren't getting there, there is a suppression agenda. Let's keep them down. Let's, let's not inform them. There's so much more we could talk about. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have you back in the very near future to continue this conversation. It's only just started here, of course, on after the Paracast ban. Tell our listeners, if they're just tuning in or have been listening, where can they find more of what you do? Yeah, sure. If people want to connect with what I've been doing, uh, you can go onto YouTube and look at our YouTube channel, which is uh, Bufoa TV, which is B-U-F-O-A TV. If my, my Australian accent doesn't make that too hard to understand. So Bufoa TV is where all our videos are, and I encourage people to have a look at those because there's a lot of good content in those videos. They can go onto our website as well, www.vufoa.com, uh, and we have another one too, .net also. 
so they can check out that. That's probably the best place. And also on Facebook. We're on Facebook as well. We're on Facebook too, by the way, if you check for the PowerCast yeah. on Facebook. Also, we're on Twitter if you look for the PowerCast. We have a special place where you can get branded merchandise, T-shirts, wow. everything else for the PowerCast. If you go to the PowerCast.shop, that's the PowerCast.shop. And you can get last week's episode of After the PowerCast with our special guest. Ben Hurl, and of course, you can get the ad-free version of this show. If you join the PowerCast Plus, for more information, go to theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus, don't you love all these wacky domain names that they can charge twice as much for? We have one called theparacast.rocks, by the way. Don't <laughs> indicate all the possibilities of that because we do rock. And so do you, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Paracast. No, thank you, guys. I enjoyed it. Cheers. Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.